Hello everyone, and welcome to the Mice Will Get Outdoors podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to allow everybody to, how should I put this, learn about the outdoors in the best environment we can come up with. Uh, and the best way I can figure out how to do that is to treat our outdoor knowledge like everybody's sitting around a campfire with a pot of cowboy coffee on the fire. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that knowledge, we're going to turn it into a cup of coffee, and we're going to pass it around the fire and... Uh, hopefully we're going to cater to everybody, you know, young, old, new, veteran, you know, get everybody in on the mix and hopefully everybody's going to like this cup of joe and uh, hopefully everybody sticks around and interacts with us because we want to hear from you. We want to know what you guys want to hear uh, to learn or just to talk about the outdoors, um, hunting, fishing, you know, as long as we're outdoors, I don't care what you do. The purpose of today's podcast in particular is I want to talk about dove hunting. Uh, getting into the sport. Uh, doves are a great introductory species. They're the most popular game bird in North America. They're the most prevalent game bird in North America. Uh, here, I live in Arizona, and here in Arizona we have multiple species we can harvest, most notably being the morning dove and the white-winged dove. Uh, we also have other species of doves that aren't huntable, uh, like the Inca dove and the ruddy ground dove. Uh, we also have band-tailed pigeons, uh, which are native species in northern Arizona, as well as an invasive species, actually two invasive species here, uh, the Eurasian collared dove and the feral pigeon, or rock dove, rock pigeon, goes by many names, uh, scientific name, Columbia Livia. So uh, these birds are all under the you know the banner of Columbidae, uh, just a very, very prevalent species across North America. And as such, you know, they're very, like I said, they're a very popular game bird. But... We're going to talk about hunting them and actually just getting started in a sport. Now, this podcast is going to be kind of centric to Arizona. Uh, that's where I'm located. That's where most of my guests are going to be located. Uh, but we're going to be trying to cater to everybody. Um, just bear in mind, I don't know the regulations everywhere. I actually herald from a state that we didn't hunt doves. Um, I'm from the Northeast where we don't we don't hunt them. We, uh, in September, we hunt Canada geese. So that's what I grew up knowing. Uh now that I'm in Arizona, I've kind of fallen in love with doves, and I just want to do this little intro since that's going to be our, the first real, you know, public, you know, non-tag needed season of the year for most folks. So here in the state of Arizona, we're going to be hunting starting September 1st. Uh, we're going to take this first season through September 15th uh, with a 15 bird limit, 10 of which can be white winged doves. But if you, you know if you're only shooting morning doves. Uh, then you can, you know, of course, fill that first 15 with a three times that, uh, uh, what's the phraseology, possession limit. There we go. Possession bag limit, which is, you know, how many birds you're allowed to have in your possession. So it's a three times limit, which means a 15 a day means you can have 45 in your possession. The only way to negate that from your possession is to actually consume those birds. And of course, you know, white wings are 30. Uh, with the three times rule, uh, which has gone up because most states in the past, you know, had a two times rule, but I think most states are going to a a, fifth, uh, a three three times. But we're gonna get started on you know what's required, like how do you get started hunting doves? Well, the first thing you got to do is get a license. Now anybody, uh, I believe it's fourteen or older, uh, you don't need a hunter ed. Uh, you know, hunter education course in order to purchase a license. Anybody uh, starting at 10 through 14, it's required uh, to take hunter's ed before you can purchase a license. 
Uh, you can also get that hunter ed. You know, you take the course when you're nine years old, which is a great opportunity, and you know, kind of gets you ahead of the curve and um, allows you to get in the system. Uh, actually, no, take that back. You're not allowed to get into the system of the greatest year until you're ten. But you know, you kind of get that out of the way. Uh, so we're so we're gonna take all that to the side and just talk about the license requirements. So here in Arizona, we're gonna require a hunting license or a combo license. Combo meaning hunting and fishing. Uh, which a combo license for a resident here in Arizona is $54. It's well, $54 and change, but we're going to call it about $54. In addition to that, to that license, oh, I should say for non-residents, if you are coming here, um, uh, if you're snowbirding it, visiting, the non-resident license is $160 for the license for a year, or if you're only staying for a weekend, it is $20 a day uh, for that same license. Either way, for res or non-res, you still got to purchase a $5 state Arizona stamp. Uh, what this is is considered just like your duck stamp, your federal duck stamp, except it's going to be Arizona-centric. And when you purchase that, you're also going to be kind of doing your HIP requirements, your hunter in, your hunter information program licensing, uh, which is required you know, ac- across all the states. Uh, in order to hunt migratory game birds, which doves are considered a migratory game bird. And actually, September is the beginning. Actually, it's kind of middle of our migration season for for our doves. Um, I remember last year, uh, I think probably, I'm guessing here, but probably 90% of the white-winged doves in the state were gone by the time of the opener. You know, we had a monsoon hit like the week before, and they were gone. So last year, I don't, actually, I take that, I didn't shoot a single white wing last year. Um, I shot all... Every bird I shot last year was a morning dove. Just, I think I might have seen like five white wings after the opener, uh, and those were when I was driving to and from dove hunting spots. I just never saw them while I was there. But so sticking back, uh, if you are not in Arizona, just make sure you check with your DNR. Some states require a stamp, some do not. Uh, in like I grew up in New York State, we like I said we don't have doves, but we still needed a hip permit in order to hunt migratory waterfowl which included our september goose season in new york it's free other states there's permits so just check with your local dnr dec fishing game game and fish whomever does the the laws in your state make sure you check with them uh for just about all this make sure you get your 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 regulations figured out before you get to the field because there's nothing quite like getting there at opening morning going all smokes you know i don't know the rules so don't be like that uh, another big rule to make sure is that when you are out there, um, make sure your shotgun's plugged. Uh, these are still a migratory bird, so they still do fall under the Federal Migratory Bird Treaty Act regulations, which require a plugged gun. Uh, of course, this doesn't matter if you have a brake barrel, um, but by plugged gun, I mean you cannot have more than three shells in the gun. That's one in the tube and uh, two in the tube and one in the barrel. Uh, especially if you're talking, hunting with a, you know an auto loading or pump action repeating shotgun so make sure you only have three uh so yeah we're gonna dive we're now that i've mentioned shotguns we're gonna dive right into you know what do you need like what do you actually need to get started you know chasing doves hunting doves and the first thing you are going to need is a shotgun after your license and your stamps obviously after your legal side is done you need a shotgun uh and shotguns are really dealer's choice. It's kind of whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you can afford. Uh, there's different, you know, there's different parameters that, you know, I grew up with pump guns. 
Um, I always thought a pump action was the greatest gun ever invented, uh, especially with like a, a Thicka 37. That's that was always my bread and butter until I picked up an over under, and now I really favor a break barrel over under um, for the safety aspects. You know, I can break it. I know it's I know it's safe. And everybody, if I'm hunting with people, they know that it's safe. Uh, so you have your break barrels, um, which includes your single shots, that's your over-unders, and that's your side-by-sides or double guns, double barrels. There's all sorts of different terminology out there. Um, or you have your repeaters. Again, I mentioned the pumps and the semi-autos. And again, they're both legal. Uh, gauge choice, that's, again, dealer's choice. I mean, I would personally wouldn't go out there with a 10 gauge you know trying to hit a you know a few ounce up weight dove but you know if that's what you got it's what you got uh at the same time i don't unless you're a really good shot i don't really opt i wouldn't opt for like a 410 or 28 gauge uh i mean folks do it all the time and more power to them but um i think for folks just starting out uh they don't need those niche cart or not cartridges uh gauges um, you know, just go with a 12 or 20 gauge, something you can walk into anywhere, any gun shop, and you're going to get ammo for it. Uh, so I shoot a 12 cause that's what I own. That's just what I have. Uh, I would like to pick up a little break barrel 20 gauge that's sometime in the future. Uh, but yeah, so I shoot a 12 gauge for ammo. Again, this is a small bird. You don't need, you know, you're not running a three and a half inch, you know, two ounce of number five's turkey load. Uh, two and three quarter inch max. Um, most of the time you're going to be shooting low base. So what I mean by that is they're kind of you know, target loads. Is when you look at a box of 12 gauge loads. I'm going to reference all this for 12 gauge for now. When you look at 12 gauges, you have high brass and low brass. Or you know sometimes you'll swap the word base for brass, or vice versa. Uh, so low bases, um, just pretty much a target load, just an, a load of, you know, one ounce to one ounce and an eighth of size seven and a half or number eight shot, very itty bitty shot, very dense patterns, but they're going to pack plenty of punch for a dove. I mean, we're talking not a big bird. Uh, the other thing with ammo is make sure you bring enough. Doves are hard to hit. Uh, I consider myself a, a very good shot with a shotgun and I usually average, little over a box of ammo for a limit again a limit is 15 box of ammo a standard box is 25 cartridges 25 rounds shot shells whatever you want to call them uh and i'm going over that i'm usually in the 30 to 35 so you know i'm averaging two birds or two shots a bird uh you know doesn't sound all that great isn't really all that great but i know guys that go a lot further than that with a lot less birds so just make sure you bring enough ammo uh, how are you going to bring that ammo in? That's another thing you got to choose. How are you going to carry your gear? I mean, your shotgun you can carry in your hand. But, I mean, you can, you know, if you don't want to carry that many shells, I mean, you stuff them in your pockets. I mean, stuff them down in the pockets of your blue jeans. Uh, I hunted grouse and rabbits for a long time that way. But with the sheer amount of rounds that you're going to need for, you know, dove hunting, uh, I would recommend something else. Um, preferably something more along the lines of a vest or a backpack or a, a game belt or just some way, I mean, a bucket. Uh, if you carry a five-gallon bucket, uh, you know, something drab color, nothing, you know, you don't need a Lowe's bright blue one or, a, you know, go to Firehouse Subs and get a bright red one. Probably not the best options. 
but you can get you know drab or camouflage colored five gallon buckets and then plus once you're there you know it doubles as a seat it's something to you know take take a load off um so yeah bringing you know having something to bring your your stuff in with you because again you know box of shells 25 shells even trap loads you know they get kind of heavy you know every shell is one out so that's what 25 ounces just with a box of shells just you know for reference 16 ounces a pound so yeah it's over a pound just for a box of box of 12 gauges uh sticking with the color choices um I, I mentioned making sure your bucket is drab make sure your clothing is drab make sure you know you don't need this isn't quail hunting you know uh i mean yes safety is always a concern and it is a concern here um but you don't need to wear a bright blaze orange hat or vest and it's, or anything like that it's actually going to hinder you because doves can actually see color and they're going to pick out that orange and avoid you so you're going to need long pokes, you know, long shots, or you're not going to get any shots, you know, if you're wearing that kind of clothing. Uh, so, you know, making sure you're wearing something drab, just something neutral color. It doesn't have to be camo. Um, I mean, last year I did pretty well in pale blue jeans and just, you know, neutral color, you know, brown, tan, pale green shirts, you know, making sure that my jeans, I stood in brush. And allowed the brush to break up my my lower half, but since my upper half was going to be moving, you know, I made sure to to kind of neutralize that a little bit. Uh, moving on from there, uh, actually, I want to touch on one more thing. Uh, going back to the orange, I would still bring orange with me, uh, especially if you know on hunting on public land. You know, you're around everybody else. You want everybody else to know where you are. So what I would do, this is what I do do, is have something blaze that once you wear in, you can wear out. But once you're in place, you know, as long as you're in a good spot, you know, you can tuck that away, throw it in a backpack, shove it under a piece of brush. But, uh, you know, get it out of the way. But then I would, as soon as I'm, you know, I'm heading out, I'm heading back to the truck. You know, I'm going to throw on that, you know, that piece of that orange hat, orange vest. Uh, I've got a little, like, string kind of backpack that I carry uh, my decoys in. We'll touch on decoys later, but I carry my decoys in, and that's blaze orange. You know, just something that, you know, folks, when you're walking through the brush and if people see movement, they're going to see the orange. They're going to know it's you. Uh, so, yeah, just a little bit of safety. Um, always, you know, always be mindful of everybody else. Uh, don't set up on somebody else and hopefully you won't get set up on yourself um, but now that I mentioned decoys let's go into well, let's go into decoys and actually we're gonna take a, a quick step on that and we're just gonna talk uh, tactics real quick uh, instead of diving right into decoys because uh, I mentioned having that spot having your spot and how do you find your spot well the best way to go about finding a spot to get to, rather than walking in blind somewhere, is to scout. And by scout, I mean just going out and, you know, just taking a look around. Um, like, you don't have to, you know, get real intensive. Just all you're doing is trying to figure out where the birds are going. You're trying to find a loafing spot. You're trying to find uh, their roosts. You're trying to find feed. You're trying to find water. Uh... If you found those, if you don't have permission for those, but you can get underneath them on their flight routes, 
even those spots, figuring out what routes they're taking. Because these birds will use a route to get from, you know, point A to B to C. And oftentimes this is going to be an edge. And an edge can be hard or it can be soft. And by a hard edge, and this is going to go into, you know, other kinds of hunting. So if you're just getting into hunting, this is going to be a concept that you're going to use for the rest of your hunting career is to find edges with again i want to go back to the hard edge hard edge is going to be something you know it's a very drastic change it's a tree line merging with a clearing whether that clearing is a field or just a meadow it's a hard edge versus a soft edge would be something like two different vegetation types coming together it's a noticeable you can tell where they come together but you know maybe the the height is roughly the same or you know it, it kind of slopes off that's what we call a soft edge um, if you're in a wooded area, it could be, uh, it's not so much here in Arizona, but it could be like where softwoods merge with a patch of hardwoods. You know, you got a bunch of maples up against a bunch of hemlocks. That edge, it's a soft edge, but it could be enough to influence wildlife traffic through the area. Uh, I've shot many deer that were just walking that soft edge. It's, you know, if you're not looking for it, you can miss it, but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. So keeping an eye out for those edges, because those doves will use that kind of like we will use the highway. That guides them on where they're going. So if you find one of those edges, you can't get on, you know, you can't get to the X. We're going to call that, you know, if, if um, waterfall guys will know what I'm talking about, uh, that that's the X. That's X marks the spot. That's where they want to be, and that's where you want to be to hunt. Uh X could be a water hole. X could be a feeding location. X could be anywhere that the doves want to be. And that's where you want to be too. And once you're there, you have two options. You can stay hidden and shoot birds as they come and go. Or you can decoy. And by decoy, I mean actually using fake birds. Usually plastic hulled birds. Uh, static, wind driven, motorized uh, there's multiple types out there, but decoys to influence a bird's decision on where to actually land. And that's what you're doing is trying to influence them. And what this influencing does, you're not trying to get them fooled all the way to the ground. I mean, that's great. If you can fool them, fool them. Uh, I know guys that that's their whole purpose. They want to decoy uh, waterfowl, especially geese, is they want to fool them. They want that bird to believe through the calling and through the decoys that this is a real flock. That doesn't really happen with doves. That doesn't need to happen with doves. All we want to do is influence their decision, which it in return influences our shots in a positive light. And by that, I mean it puts them where we want to hunt them or we want to kill them. Uh, in waterfowl terms, it's, we were putting them in the kill hole. It's a purposeful area where we can take a, a predetermined shot. The range is already figured out. The angles are already figured out. Um, this is a great avenue for new hunters, whether you're going with somebody that's done it before or trying to set it up for yourself. If you're trying to set it up, you know, it's going to take a few times to figure it out, but you will figure it out as long as you persist. But it's, it's allowing these birds to go where you want them to go. Uh, and again, that's through the use of these, of these decoys and you know, you can get them online. You can get by these decoys anywhere. Um, and you're going to learn placement. You're going to learn, you know, making sure that you know, birds can actually see the decoys. If you're putting them at the bottom of a piece of creosote, doesn't really matter if it, you know, it's the best decoy in the market. If they can't see it, it doesn't do you any good. Same for mojos. 
um, by Mojo is a brand of motion decoy, uh, motorized and wind-driven decoys. And there's other manufacturers in the market, but they're kind of like the quintessential. They're the ones that, you know, that's the terminology. It's basically waterfowl Kleenex. You know, everybody knows this brand. But, you know, placing that Mojo in a location that, because that's going to be your big draw. If you have one, that's kind of your centerpiece. Uh, that's the piece of the resistance of your spread. So make sure that mojo, like you're not going to put the mojo out at 40 yards because then you're going to be having your doves trying to land at 40 yards, which is a way too far of a shot. As long as you're well camouflaged and can influence them, get them into, you know, 15, 20 yards. Make, because I mean, you don't want them super in tight because one, your, your choke isn't going to allow it to open up and you're going to hammer these birds. And two, that's actually dependent if you actually hit them at 10 yards because the birds like this, they are pretty agile. So you want some distance, you know, to try to make the shot easier on yourself. Um, the other tactic, if you cannot get the X, if you just, you can't get there, try running traffic or pass shooting. And we're going to talk about the pass shooting first. And pass shooting is just, in simplest terms, it's shooting them as they pass by. So if you got that edge, if you can get on, you know, that that highway, they're flying this highway at, you know, they're 10 yards above the tree line or above, you know, the brush line. Get in that brush line, get into a into shooting range, and then you're literally just watching down the road. Quint, you know, the proverbial road. Don't be actually shooting down the road. That's illegal. Looking down that proverbial air road, watching for them to come, and then once they get in range, you mount your gun and you shoot. And that's all there is to it. And then you just, you go out, and you pick up your bird, and you come back, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again until you get a limit. The variation on this in waterfowl terms is called what they call running traffic. So in the waterfowl world, uh, I think it was uh, a really great duck caller and hunter, um, uh, t- TV personality nowadays, but uh, Jim Ronquist has once said, you know, there's only two places that, uh, you can call a duck to where he's already going to or where he doesn't mind going. And that's kind of the same with doves, but instead of calling, we're using decoys. Is You're trying to influence him to go you know, and, and convince him that he doesn't want to go where he planned on going. He wants to go to where you want him to go. So by running traffic, I mean just you know, getting in, in there, but you're running a spread, uh, a spread of decoys, a block of decoys, a stool of decoys. There's different terminologies for this, um, depending on how traditionally you want to go. Uh, but allowing those decoys to again influence their their position. Um, but you got to make sure that these birds are going by at 30 plus miles an hour. Make sure that they are visible from a distance to these birds, because if they're going by, you know they're doing Mach three when they go by you. You know, if, if they're just getting a passing glance, they ain't going to stop. Would you? I mean, they're going to keep going where they actually know. But if they, if you, kind of like a fast food sign, you give them a long, enough room to, you know, think about it first, you know, and make it enticing. But let them see it from a distance. Let them think about it. Then you can start, you know, showing some extra, uh, some extra thought into there and, in, or not thought, influence on their decision making. Um, and this works. Uh, you might only get pass shots, but if you can influence them to come to where you want to get a better shot, like if, if you cannot get better than a 30-yard shot pass shooting, 
But you can set decoys up at 10 yards in a place that it's going to influence them to, you know, maybe come in another 10 yards. They might not come all the way to the decoys, but just, you know, they might swing a little bit closer to you. All of a sudden, you know, they're not decoying, but now your 30-yard shots are turned into 20-yard shots, and your success rate has gone up that much more. So it's just stuff to think about because hunting is a mental game. You got to think like they, like they do. Um, and regardless of species, but it's just those, those little small things, um, you know, they might not seem like a big deal at first, but they can, you know, pay dividends. So that's about all I have for you guys today. Uh, I know I kind of ran through it, but I kind of want to keep this to a, a shorter episode. This is the first episode, mind you. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. If you stuck around this long, hopefully that means that, you know, you, you didn't mind hearing what I had to say. Best way to keep this podcast going is to interact. Uh, whether that's making a meaningful, you know, an influence, that's like, share, subscribe, uh, or just shoot me an email. Just um, for right now, I don't have a email for this setup yet, but just use my personal jessejwarner at gmail.com. and let me know what you think. Let me give me a review. Give me a rating. Ask me a question. Ask me something that maybe I can you know, answer. And, uh, myself or you know I'll, I'll find somebody to get you the answer but I want this to be a resource to help everybody learn you know this is a learning resource this is a uh, I mean obviously we're gonna have some you know good BS sessions down the line yeah just uh, want to thank everybody for sticking around this long and we'll see you on down the trail mm-hmm.